Welcome back to the Inspired Wild podcast. Uh, dude, I don't know how to ever start these things. I'll be <laughs> honest. Let's just start off with let's just start off with introductions. introductions and then we'll just go from there. So introduce yourself, Saki. Yeah. Uh, this is Saki Ottersland. Um, I've been uh, affiliated with the guys here at Outback for yeah, about a year now almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been about a year. Yeah. Um, hopped out with a couple hunts last year and, uh, yeah, this is the first hunt that I've been a real big part of. So, but yeah, so that's me, Saki Ottersland. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Garrett. I'm one of the producers for Outback and, uh, you can probably hear a generator rumbling in the background and, uh, apologize for that, but we're not turning that off because we are in New Mexico. Uh, we're in a camper, Pava camper of of Saki's, we are on a Barbary sheep hunt. Did I say that right? This yeah, time? you did. Barbary. Barbary. Um, so we're sitting in what is very close to a campground, not in a campground. They <laughs> no. actually closed down the state park for coronavirus. We were notified that the day we got down here. So we're sitting next door to the state park on a piece of BLM, BLM land, I guess. <laughs> yeah, with like and, 10 uh, campers. We, uh, we need a bunch of devices that have to be charged up, like laptops, so that we can transfer footage and all that stuff. So uh, I apologize for the generator running in the background, but that's not going to change. So Yeah, you have to deal with it. Just have to get where... Yeah. Um, there's a ton of stuff I want to cover with you about Barbary sheep, also known as Audad. I didn't, Audad, I didn't yeah. know that until like three days ago. Yeah, yeah. The there's, Texans call them Audad, and the New Mexicans yeah. call them Barbary. <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, I want to go through the history of their introduction here, like where they originally came from, what they look like, what this area specifically specifically looks like. Like you don't have to Mm -hmm. give names of anything. Like I don't expect you to. Waypoints. Yeah, GPS (laughs) locations. I don't. You don't need to do any of that. But um, I guess maybe let's just dive right into the hunt. Like that is probably a lot more interesting and then as we pick our way through the hunt over the last couple days here share some random facts yeah we can go down some rabbit trails of what these sheep are so oh yeah um thursday which was good lord march 12th was it yeah something that was 13th something like that um we left denver and drove down here to new mexico where we currently are Mm -hmm. Uh, about a nine hour drive so not too bad no not too bad um got into camp eventually um, after a little state park detour. And it was, (laughs) I always thought of New Mexico as just super hot and dry. And like people come down here to vacation and it would be great weather, right? And um, that was not the case. Like the whole way down is raining, lightning, like massive lightning. And you said that's pretty unusual for us. It is. I mean, we'll have our monsoon, monsoon season, like, I don't know. June, July, mm-hmm. August, sometimes September. It'll go off and on, but um, yeah, we're heading down here, and it was nonstop. Well, I wouldn't say nonstop, but it was raining off and on, and and you get here, and the thunder is cracking, and there's lightning, and you know we we were hoping to find some some shelter in this campground and get denied by the camp host, yep. seeing that everything's shut in. But yeah, yeah, it's all. I mean, it's pretty unusual because in March it's typically really windy. Uh, really dry, real dusty. Um, we typically have a lot of dust storms, and uh, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't quite like that this you know this weekend that we've been down here. Um, the weather's been, I mean, other than Thursday, Friday, 
the, the weather's been pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Thursday's been real ra- rainy. Friday was real rainy. Yeah. And we wanted to get down here early enough Thursday to actually do some glassing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much the name of this game, for sure. Like, if you like glassing, you will love this oh, one. because yeah. glass that's is king. Glass intensive. Um, I don't, that, that didn't happen. By the time we got out of Denver, we just got down here too late. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Thursday kind of was just a travel day. But yeah. if you did leave, say you left Denver super early, you know, four in the morning, you could get down here early enough and you yeah. could probably put eyes on that mountain and and get a good half day worth of trying to locate these sheep. Yeah, you can you can legitimately lay some eyes on some sheep and uh, put them to bed basically, and you'll have a, a really good starting point for starting point for the morning. You can yeah. you know get back out there and and they should be fairly close to where you left them at dark. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the interesting thing about uh, this hunt compared to like my first my first. Um, point of connection was between this hunt and ibex Mm -hmm. and the florida mountains where you're in the valley you're on the floor at a lower elevation and you're you're glassing up you're constantly glassing up you're trying to find these animals and whether it's the ibex and the floridas or the sheep here over uh to i think we're to the east the floridas right and um when you put them to bed when you roost them so that that was the term that we use over when hunting ibex they stay there like Mm -hmm. they go in their safe spots which is these big nasty cliffs that really nothing can get to no and they're very visible it's very easy to see but they're impossible to reach yeah and they don't move like you find them like literally in the exact same spot the next morning yep yeah and that's that's exactly how i mean how this has kind of turned out is that you know, you'll put them to you put them to, to bed, and they'll move all day. I mean, they're they're not like deer or elk where they're just bed and stay in the shade and they sit there all day. These sheep will go and they'll feed all day and they'll bed for maybe a couple hours. And you know, even while they're bedded, they'll still get up and kind of mm-hmm. move around, and feed, and then they'll lay back down. And and then midday, a lot of times they'll just get up and just start moving around. Like you'll see them and they'll they'll cover some distance, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they're just constantly milling around right there in the middle of the day and, and you said they'll do that even throughout the summer when it's oh yeah it's 110 115 it's yep. just you know blazing in the middle of the day and they're, yeah, and they're, they're off just rock, feeding yeah. doing kind of whatever sheep does yeah, it doesn't, doesn't them at all. so it's very different in that terms of, of elk and mule deer yeah you're hunting i mean basically all day they'll, they'll be moving all day mm-hmm. um so it's, it's kind of fun because you don't really need to go back to camp or wherever you're at you can you can really kind of work these cliffs and these bluffs until you find them and i mean there's times where they'll they'll duck under some you know some overhangs or mm-hmm. get into some caves where you can't see them for a little while but a lot of times they'll get back out and they'll start right. moving around so explain what the cliffs and the bluffs are as best you can and like you and i talked about this right you i can, think I you use can them interchangeably <laughs> yeah and but and you can describe it verbally and it does man it's it doesn't do it justice no. and we can like we were even talking about taking video and photos of it yeah and they compared to what they the size when you approach them yeah. that just does not do it justice yeah, to how can, big these are a lot of times you'll sit back and i mean you'll think you're maybe a mile away you know half a mile away and you're like man those cliffs don't look that good or that big and then uh you start approaching them and then two miles later you're barely climbing up the base of it and you're like holy cow like yeah, you haven't even started the climb. Yeah, at two like, miles in. Yeah, so it's just it's real deceiving about how far because everything's just so 
so wide open out here it's 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 hard to tell how far something is and you start making your way towards it and you start climbing up the base of it and then you really get a good grasp of, of just how rough and rugged the terrain is mm-hmm. i mean the uh these cliffs i guess the way that i i mean it's not i wouldn't say that's the proper way to classify them but i classify like the whole the whole chain is basically the cliffs like all of them and then you look at you know you'll see bands where it's like pure rock to sheer rock and then there's you know a strip of grass above it and then there'll be another set of just pure rock you know drop off or or whatever and then another band of, of grass and it just kind of layers and each layer i just kind of call a bluff like oh that, well that's going to be your bluff your first or second bluff or right whatever. right and i mean is that the proper term probably not <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm a simple man with the new mexico edu- education so that's that's how i re- refer to them as you know Usually when we're talking about it, you're like, oh, we'll look up like two two bluffs or two bl- bands of the Yeah, that's just kind of the lingo of yeah. when you're trying to, you know, communicate to someone else where you're looking. Yeah, exactly. How many bands up from the from the base and then. Yeah, exactly. And you'll, you'll kind of, you can almost count them. So, you know, you'd spot sheep and you're like, yeah, we'll, you know, count up three bands of the, the bluffs. Yeah. And you'll get up there and, you know. And those bluffs are anywhere from 10 feet to, oh, good Lord. Two or three hundred feet, yeah, are some of those bluffs, yeah, and then you have a layer of grass, huge. and that's is sometimes like I don't know four or five feet, maybe. Yeah, if, if that, that. If and that. some some of them are I don't know forty yards. Yeah. So, I mean, the bigger ones, so it varies mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the sheep don't care. No. I mean those those bands that are forty yards wide. That's just where they graze, mm-hmm. and they can live there forever. Um, Apparently, once they get shot at, that's not, that's not. <laughs> that doesn't limit them. Yeah, no. that's not where they want to be. And so they look for those four foot wide bands yeah. of grass and they will spend 24 hours or oh. more, which just, is just crazy to think of what to they move. live in. They don't in. need to go to water. They don't oh need to gosh. get into the shade. They don't need it. Like they don't need anything. Those sheep will be perfectly fine living in that little band. Yeah. That's just phenomenal animals to watch them. And, and to stand underneath it and like literally like look straight up and think that sheep just lived 24 hours Mm -hmm. and never left that four foot wide and if they if they have one misstep or the ground shifts underneath them they're done i mean they're you're not walking away from that the confidence (laughs) that they have is i mean i think the only thing that rivals it are the the ibex i mean yeah yeah you'll see i mean bighorn can get in some some gnarly areas but I think bighorn tend. I don't know if bighorn really like to go up and down cliffs like, like those barberry do or, mm-hmm. or ibex. I mean, I haven't hunted bighorn. I've seen them. I've glassed them. But I have, I don't know a lot about bighorn. But you look at these things, and and we watched them go up, a, you know, from the very bottom of these these cliffs all the way up to the top. I mean, they'll they, like they're not limited by terrain really at all. No, I what mean, would take us? hours in repelling gear yeah like you i mean you're not uh you're not doing it you know free solo for lack of a better fit, right? <laughs> right with a rifle well i mean back. some people could but not i mean d- definitely not without uh ropes and safety yeah. gear no what it's, would it take uh, what would take us hours they went up in five minutes yeah. that we lost track of them and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're at the top we're like what yeah, did they exactly. just do yeah and you look at that and you're like yeah there's no way they're gonna go up there they'll probably come down and then, yeah, like you said, five minutes later, they're at the top. And you're like, what? And in they're the just world? bouncing. Like, literally, the lambs are just bouncing around yeah. playing. It was like a it's, nursery. There's like seven of them. Yeah. Just running around in circles, jumping off of rocks, yeah. like flirting with the edge of like 
It's like puppies playing yeah. each other with with each other, and that's yeah, what they're doing. Insane. It was so eye-opening to see that. Like I, I was in New Mexico on that ibex hunt with Trev in 2016, so it's been a couple of years. And to and it, this train instantly took me back to that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I could just watch those things do what they do forever. It's such amazing yeah, thing to watch them survive it's so up fun there. To watch them, yeah. yeah, I mean, you just like I said, there's nothing. The only thing that I think really rivals what they can do are, are the ibex and the mm-hmm. ibex are just as fun to watch like you sit there and like what, what we saw one today like sprawled out between a cliff like two cliffs with its feet basically poached kind of perched up against each side feeding on a on a yeah. piece of bush or like licking or the rock or, or yeah, yeah, we figure out what we're, we're so yeah. far out but i mean it crawled up there almost like hopped extended its legs and it's you know yep just holding up there you know mm-hmm. off the ground basically between these these rocks and it's it's pretty insane to watch them and it's it's definitely a, a fun and it's a it's a challenge um it's not an easy hut i mean it's over the counter on public land like these sheep are like they are cracked out right now because march is the very last month that you can hunt them and how new mexico works it's um it's where you can basically if you draw like one of the other hunts so a lot of times like in colorado you draw an elk tag like if you want to hunt some of the over-the-counter units with your draw elk tag, you can't do it. Like you have to hunt your draw unit. Yeah. So with this this Barbary tag, you can draw the Barbary like draw area, which is that hunt only goes on in February. But if you don't fill your tag, I mean, you can go to the over-the-counter and try to fill your tag with that Barbary, mm-hmm. with that draw tag. So in March, it's probably the busiest month because not only do you have all the over-the-counter guys piling back in there to try to fill their tags but you're also getting some of these draw guys that are like well i didn't fill out on the draw hunt i'm gonna go mm-hmm. back to the over the counter and, and fill it in and you can buy your tag for the year april 1st yeah and then it lapses march in you know, end of Mar- march 30th march 31st 31st yeah. yeah so you have 365 yeah. days so we're like literally like two weeks away from the end of yeah anyone that ever bought a 2019 <laughs> Barbary sheep tag is hunt, yeah. yeah it has two weeks left yep. so uh yeah there's other people around and to you wh- what you were saying earlier is we're hunting on the bottom we're hunting on the valley floor mm-hmm. not that we originally wanted to but we no, were kind no, of forced, we kinda forced down here but you can also hunt on top yeah. that is different than ibex yeah where there is no access to the top on the floridas unless you walk your butt up there but yeah. here you can drive up to the top yeah and so on where you go so mm-hmm. yeah like in the area that we're at you can definitely drive to the top um and even then i mean some of the country to get to is you, mm-hmm. know, you can you can walk out or you can drive to some of the edges but especially the now i mean these these barbarians have been hit so hard like they're they're nowhere near the roads they're nowhere i mean they'll be close to the top but they're going to be in areas where you really have to work for them. yeah there's a reason that they're where they are yeah. it's because they can't be approached from the top and in some cases we can't even approach them from the bottom so they've kind right. of found this little narrow band that they can survive in and not mm-hmm. be harassed anymore and they've kind of been forced over the last couple months weeks right to get into that position yeah exactly they've been hammered the past few weeks and i mean we found the amount of sheep where we found because that was where nobody had touched them basically and and i mean we can see why like it kicked our butts to get back in there it was oh for sure it was rough so we didn't originally start looking at that elevation 
no. um, on the Friday. And Friday was the first day that we kind of started the actual hunt. Um, yeah. We got it one good glassing session in Before in the morning. Out, yeah. And then, yeah, a big old storm rolled in. Yeah. And, and, and again, that was just real real unusual that it would rain that much like i mean you might get a storm every now and then but it rained all day um just off and on and we would think that yeah all right well it's starting to clear out let's you know let's get our stuff and let's get ready to head out and you know try to lay eyes on the cliffs and no sure enough like in half an hour a yeah it come fast yeah you just appear and you're getting hammered again mm -hmm. so it was it was very similar to like a monsoon storm and you mentioned this place is open like like you're not kidding there are no trees yeah. Yeah, i mean you are definitely the tallest thing out there yeah. by you know at least yeah. twice twice as high yeah it's real and, smart to walk around there with a <laughs> rifle with yeah a steel barrel or metal checking <laughs> poles right yeah. uh, to be caught anywhere out away from your vehicle in a lightning storm here would not end well no that no. would not be safe at all so we had a couple lightning bolts that we could easily yeah, see close. were close so we bailed yeah um and unfortunately, we had planned five, day, four days mm -hmm. to hunt, and we lost a quarter of yeah. our hunt time because of that, that storm. Kind of I mean, that just unproductive, yeah. That knocked us down. Yeah. Um, and I, at, at that point, were you starting to get a little worried about it? A little bit. Um, you know, when you lose a full day, you're like, man, because, like you said, that's twenty five percent of our hunt. And, I mean, Thursday we didn't get here early enough to really scout. Um, and you originally wanted to go up on top. Like that's yeah, my goal was to get up top. Maybe explain some of the successes and the hunts that you've had in the past and why you want to go up on top. Yeah, I mean, I like the top because you can you can get up and you can dive down into some of these canyons and you can just really cover some country and um, it's a little easier as far as covering the distance. So you can get up there and um, if you you know if you play your cards right, you might get lucky and spot some up top and you know get a game plan and mm -hmm. try to execute it and knock one down up top and hike it out um the i mean the terrain's nice you're kind of camped up in the you know out of the the elements really um just because once you're out here either on the flats or on the, the bluffs i mean just like we mentioned there's there's nothing to cover you there's nothing to you yeah know, block out the sun or the the wind or the storms or anything so once you're up top and uh you can kind of take a, a little bit of cover from it and you can like i said you can really cover a lot of distance and just kind of dive down but it i mean it's real popular so that's one thing that we've been noticing is that we, we didn't go up there but being from here i have a lot of friends that kind of hit a lot of the different areas and and uh what i've been hearing is that the tops have really been getting hit i mean so have the bottoms um it just i think what helped us was that we had that storm um and I think that kept a lot of a lot of the people at bay. Um, and then we got kind of lucky with a couple of days where we didn't really run into too many people. So mm -hmm. it's been, it's been kind of nice. Um, but yeah, my goal was to initially go up top and dive down into these canyons and hopefully find one up top to where it'll be a, a little easier to pack one out and mm -hmm. get to. And Explain some of the... You, you've taken two U's yeah. up so, top with your rifle. Explain how those kind of fold out or those hunts unfold and how that like whole tactic plays out if you're stuck on top yeah um well so i've hunted the top several times typically most of the time we, we kind of hunt from the top and and you'll get back down in there and how it it goes out is like you know kind of first thing in the morning you can find these different points and 
Um, I try to find, just like anything, try to find a, a point that has, you know, the highest percentage of visibility so get out there. Same thing with, like we mentioned, with the big glass. I mean, it's a glassing game. So ideally, you want to go out there with big binos, 15s, 18s, whatever you can get. Um, I mean, if you got 10s or 12s, I mean, make, you know, make do with what you got, but preferably big glass. Yeah, definitely think you're underpowered at yeah, that you with, will be with 10s. Because there was times where um, we had 11s and where we were glassing from, I mean, there was no way that we would see some of these sheep. Um, we were having a hard time picking them up with 18s and a, and a spotter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so hunting from up top, you'd kind of skirt these rims and almost sit there all day. Like you'd sit there for several hours, pick apart all these, you know, all the bluffs, all the caves, anywhere you can see. And, and even, you know, like we learned, you know, um, a day or two in is that you can glass something and, you know, pick it apart real good. And, and, you know, 15, 20 minutes might pass by and something might move in. Um, these sheep cover a lot of countries. So, and with the amount of pressure that it gets, cause it does get, I mean, it gets a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, they can move around a lot. So if they get pushed from one, one area to the next, I mean, you know, in the snap of your fingers, you can glass one area, um, you know, take a break, look somewhere else and then come back and, you know, they're there. 20 sheep. Yeah. So you just don't know what's going to play out. Well, and those couple that were bedded, mm-hmm. like we, we were literally like staring yeah. right, <laughs> right where they were at, you yeah, know, with for, a spotter an and those 18s. And we knew they were there and you could not spot them. No, and then all of them. a sudden one would pop up and turn around and reposition and then bed back down. You could see when it would pop up and turn around and then bed back down. Yeah. Like it is absolutely gone right now. And they're now. made, I mean, they're made for this country. So there's, the nice thing is that New Mexico has several units where it's over the counter. So you can hunt them in, you know, at a decent amount of area, depending on which, what type of terrain you want to hunt them and, and where you want to go. Um, but it doesn't really matter where you go. They're going to inhabit that rocky, rough terrain. Yeah. And they really blend in with the rock, mm-hmm. no matter where they're at. Um, I mean, they can vary as far as their shades of red. Like, they'll be like that light tannish, reddish color, or they can be like a pretty dark, like real clay red. Yep. And... In New Mexico, it's, I mean, this whole place is just rock. Like, it's all rock, and it's got a lot of that red rock, and it's got a lot of, I mean, you know, God knows how many other colors of rock. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> what is it, a geologist that knows yeah, right. <laughs> all the different types of rocks, but um, they just blend in. And there were several times, like Friday, where I'd be glassing, and we'd have that little bit of time between storms, and I'd be watching, I was like, man, like that, that looks like a sheep and we'd watch it and I would watch it for 20 minutes and I'd move off, look somewhere else and come back and it hadn't moved and it ended up being a rock because it's, I mean, it's the same size, same color. Um, we're so far, far out. It's not like we can see details. Typically it's movement, you know, you'll, you'll catch their movement. Um, and then there was times where I'd spot a Barbary and I'm watching it. I'm watching it. It doesn't move for God knows how long. And then finally it takes a step and you're like, oh my God, okay. There so is, that, yeah. yeah, it's a sheep. Um, For or, someone that wasn't very good at glassing sheep, and that's me. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that, I, I just, I did, haven't done a lot of it. Movement was key. Yep. Like if I could see him moving, I could pick him up yeah. fairly easy. But even a couple of times you would position the binos like exactly where one was standing and then move out of the way and be like, here, look, look through these and try to find, and I would look through them like, dude, I 
dude i don't see it <laughs> like, like i don't yeah. i don't see it in there so yeah, they're yeah tough, when they're when they're moving it seems fairly mm-hmm. simple to pick them up then yeah but if they're not man that's tough it, it is it's super tough and i mean you have to you have to train your eye just like anything else like you train your eye to, mm-hmm. to spot deer or elk or mm-hmm. whatever else you're hunting you have to train your eye to you know mm-hmm. to look for those shapes and those colors and the hunter that we ran into today mentioned how most guys that come out, come out here to hunt that aren't used to this he said they'll go the entire hunt and never even see a sheep yeah, like yeah they, they, they're not understanding how high up they need to be looking or how far away they need to be looking and mm-hmm. and how small they actually are yeah, so yeah. that's a huge misconception and, and a lot of guys just the fact that they'll be there and they won't move for 10 minutes and yeah and yeah i mean you can have your binos right on them and I mean, most guys, I, myself included, that you know, I'll leave my binos situated in the spot for you know ten seconds. I'll pick apart everything you know in my field of view. I'll kind of grid it. I'll look up and down, and then I'll you know move my binos over, shift it over, and overlay a little bit, and then move on to the next one. I'll completely grid that area, and in that little bit of time, if they don't move, like it's you're not going to see them. No. no. So I mean, you really have to do several passes. It's like you know you see. A lot of these guys here in New Mexico or in Arizona that hunt coos, like they call them the gray ghosts, and it's kind of the same thing. Like you, you have to really spend a lot of time behind your glass to spot them. And if you take your eyes off of them, there's a good chance you you might lose them because, just like the coos deer, they'll you know they'll duck down or they're bed down, and then you can't see them. Yep. These barberry aren't very big. Like you look at ewes and small rams, like they're not very big. They're you know they're up around 100 pounds and like i said they're they're not big animals you might see every now and then you'll see a big ram and they'll push two to you know 250 sometimes even bigger um and you'll when you see them in the group i mean it's it's noticeable you'll see mm-hmm. i mean size wise they're just way bigger um but if you're looking just to kill any sheep like they're small they're very small um and they bed behind something or they just bed down like period they can be they're gone. wide open and yeah. you won't see them they're gone yeah um what i found interesting was you had no problem in an area that you could glass i mean in a big area mm-hmm. like we're glassing the whole face of the cliffs we're not like in a canyon just glassing within no, a very we're confined probably like four or five square miles like yeah we're, we're pretty far out yeah you had no problem setting up in a good vantage point for an entire day yeah like if, if day. yeah like and i think that was definitely a misconception that i had coming in here just being used to hunting elk and mule deer like you just scan over the area maybe 30 minutes 45 minutes would be the max yeah. you would sit and then you're moving on to the next ridge and you're looking right. again where here the name of the game is you just plant your butt down in a comfortable seat get yeah. a really nice tripod maybe bring like a tarp for shade yeah because yeah. you're set up there for plenty the day snacks, yeah and just know, plan water. on hanging out there for the because if you don't know where they are it's it's not the type of hunt where you can just hike around and hope to jump shoot one nope. like, like you can no. here. and it's an so much energy yeah. involved to it's even get an entire yeah. you get one play a day like mm-hmm. if you find a sheep you have one stock and it takes you a few hours to get to them yep and then a few hours to get back yep. so if you're gonna make a move on them you have to know that he's there and you have to be very mm-hmm. confident of what your approach is going to be and that you can keep him down. And yeah. that's why you spend all that time glassing in, in yeah. one specific spot. Yeah, because we'll watch, I mean, we watched sheep for hours and they just happened to be in a spot that we couldn't, yep. couldn't get to. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it you really do. You just got to sit there and you got to pick it apart. Um, 
and I'll pass over those bluffs several times. Like, you know, I'll glass them, wait a little bit, you know, eat my breakfast, you know, drink some water, do whatever we're doing, go back. Eat your lunch. <laughs> yeah, eat your lunch. Your <laughs> More snacks. Brunch. Your, yeah. What is, what is it? Second breakfast. For sure. Whatever else you've got. And uh, go back, glass again, um, you know, do the, you know, rinse and repeat, basically. You just yeah. got to keep doing it and then. I mean, they're in there. If you can get to a point to where you're glassing, you know, a long distance and a, a big chunk of wherever you're hunting, whether it be, you know, cliffs or some of the other country, like some of the rough mountains that these Barbary, I call them Barbary, these Barbary inhabit. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you can see a lot of them, if you just sit there, I mean, you're you're bound to, to find one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and you may not see one that day, but... If, if that hasn't happened and you've done your due diligence and you've put in a full day, I mean, I think you can be fairly comfortable. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to try this next spot and kind of shift over right. and do the same thing. And eventually, like I said, you'll you'll turn them up. Um, and I think that's the problem that a lot of these guys that come from, you know, out of state and um, that are familiar with, even if they're familiar with glassing, but, um, you know, they're not familiar with these sheep is that they'll, they just kind of run and gun and, you know, they'll, they'll dive into some of these canyons and cause there's, I mean, there's a lot of trails and depending on where you're going, there's, you know, some other mountains and some other stuff that you can dive into and they'll just kind of hike around and hope that, you know, they'll post up glass for a little bit. And like I said, like deer and elk, they'll, they'll think that they can glass them up and do a quick stock. And that's just not how it works. No, this country, even on the flats, I mean, it's not easy to cover. Like it's very rocky. It's full of cactus. Um, I think we spent what, like an hour, like just sitting down and picking cactus. Oh man, that sucks. Um, That's so bad. Like, and you're, and that's with us like actively trying to avoid the cactus and Mm -hmm. the mesquite and whatever else, the choya and the ocotillo, um, everything, like everything's just out to poke you and stab you and, and sting you and whatever else bite you. Um, it's just not easy to cover. And then there's a lot of washes. It's real rocky. Um, like yeah, we, we so we found that out on Saturday. Or you yeah, know, you knew about it. You just decided not to tell me about <laughs> right, it. Right? I was like, uh, I don't want to tell him so, ahead of time. So I fi- I found all this it. out uh, on Saturday because we uh, we had glassed that face, uh, and you admit it later on. Yeah, like, you weren't looking at the right spot. We no, probably no, no. we probably missed. I guarantee you, I glassed right sheep, over. The yeah, sheep. that they were there, and we yeah. just missed them. Um, but you want to get Rusty. a different. Yeah, on rest. I'm you want to get a different. Years different vantage points so mm-hmm. we left the we left the truck yeah we went on a we um we took the bikes out um mm-hmm. bikes work down here yeah i thought that worked really well it was I, nice yeah especially or even an e-bike or if you don't have an e-bike just you know a mountain bike. bike with suspension and decent tires yeah. you can cover a fair amount of ground because not all the roads are open no. down here to vehicles and, and you can go laterally along these cliffs yeah. and even if the roads are open like some of them are so rough that It'll yeah, take you, you make an hour you to, make better time. Yeah, you know, yeah, we found that out for sure. So we uh, we le- we left the truck. We we I don't know a mile, maybe three quarters of a mile on the bike mm-hmm. to get down farther, and then we went on a walk. Yeah, and it was it's so deceiving <laughs> to get to <laughs> yeah. like this yeah. little saddle that was a glassing point at the head of a canyon, and what I thought Even would take me, us like yeah. forty five minutes, what two and a half hours mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, two and a half miles. I think it's about an hour to cover a mile. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it and and most of it was f- what was relatively flat. Yeah. Um, but when you hit the steep stuff, 
that's like steep steep yeah. like almost hands and knees type Everything's stuff loose and yeah gravel and same thing you're still trying to dodge these cactuses so you're mm-hmm. sitting there trying to climb up this and then you have to take a beeline and go around this cactus and or you know whatever it is yep. and then uh get back in line and sometimes you'll get bluffed out or you know get stuck in the rocks and you have to find another route and I mean, it is. It takes a lot of time to get in here. Yeah, there's no, there's no game trails. Not like we're used to for like mule deer or elk or something right. like that, where you can kind of get on a trail and at no, least have a, really. a general path that's kind of free of obstruction. There's none. Of, there's none of that. Like you're just blazing cross country for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there's cattle in the area, which I mean, most of New Mexico has. It's it's a big cattle state, so you're gonna find cattle, and and in some of the areas you're gonna find cattle trails. Um, but once you start getting in that rough country, like, I mean, cattle, cattle. No, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to live there for very long. No, no, no. So you'll, and even the deer, I mean, you'll see deer in there every now and then, but like once we started getting into some of that rough country, you didn't see a lot of deer sign. No. Um, like in the flats, when we were walking the flats, there was deer tracks and deer sign everywhere. Uh, once we started climbing, not that the deer don't go up, you know, some of those slopes and stuff, but it really like, once we got started getting into a lot of the rock, like the deer sign dropped off, like. Um, so it, it was, it's, it's, it's real tough to get in there. It takes a lot of time to cover the distance. And we decided to, to dive down into this mm-hmm. canyon that was kind of roadless. Like there was no way to really get to it from the you top. You knew that ahead of time, right? You had yeah, been that in that on canyon. The, so that was on my map. Yeah. That was your, your, one of your milk run spots that you wanted to hit. And yeah. Check I wanted it. to make sure we at least laid eyes on it because like I said, just like anything, wherever you want to go, you want to try to look for areas that people aren't going to go and where these animals are going to be pushed and and that was one of the ones that i had looked at and i was like well like there's a good chance that we're we're going to get on something whether it be from the top where we can look down or from the bottom and with the weather the way it was i didn't feel comfortable towing a camper to try to get up top so i was like well i'm gonna go you know we'll just make what we can Mm -hmm. do and do it from the bottom so we hiked all the way in there and uh took us a while we got up there what midday probably around 11 yeah yeah, and um, we're at the about the lowest elevation at the head of the canyon. Yeah, we're like there's we're so like much the left. Canyon, if we yeah. want to get to the top of the canyon, it would be another at like least, mile and a half, two miles. Yeah, five or six hours, maybe if mm-hmm. you could even get to that. I mean, yeah, because it just gets rougher too, so mm-hmm. it's going to take even longer. There's a lot more bluffs. Um, so we got to where we can finally see inside the canyon, and we kind of plop down, and sure enough, there's two isolated rams running, and I mean they weren't running. But they were definitely uh, moving with a purpose as well. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched them, and by the time that I spotted them, they were they weren't very far from us. I mean, probably less than a mile. Um, they were up one one band of cliffs or, or bluffs, and they were covering distance. And I was watching them, and they would, I mean, they weren't just kind of walking or grazing. They would run 100, 200 yards. Um, and almost staggered like one would run and then he would stop and kind of look around and the other one would catch up and as soon as the other one would catch up he'd take off and run again and just kind of hopscotching and um they didn't they didn't even give us the time of day like we we couldn't no if you if you were on their elevation there's no way you and i could keep i mean you would have it would be almost a jog mm -hmm. to keep up with them let alone where how many hundreds of feet below them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not, it, it was yeah, not we, an option. We would have had to, to go up a, a pretty steep incline 
which we later tried. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Yeah, rough. so they, they disappeared. <laughs> um, you lost sight of them. Mm -hmm. And um, we kind of thought of a few options yeah. where we could stay where, where we were at and then wait for them to pop back out. Because that was the only game in town. We're like, we might as well yeah. try to figure these. Two days, yeah, yeah. Two days and like, that's fi the only thing we've seen. You know, just make a play on these two Rams. Mm -hmm. So we thought that they might pop out somewhere else and then we could, you yeah. know, re re um position or we could try to go up to their elevation yeah. with the idea that they would come back out in that same direction and we right. would be in position yeah because we had watched them and when i they dove into a canyon um and we can kind of see both like all the exit points of that canyon and they hadn't i hadn't caught them leaving which they very well could have whenever i was looking somewhere else i mean with the speed that they were going they they could have topped over and gone over and never would have seen them but i was fairly confident that they were still in that canyon because i kept kind of looking back and keeping an eye on it and i mean we just kind of decided that well maybe we should that's the only ship that we've seen um we were like probably a mile and a half away um we definitely wanted to position ourselves at least to at a point to where if they did pop out we can make a quick play on them so, I mean, we, we wanted to cut that distance at mm -hmm. least a little bit to where we can get to to make a play on them if they did pop back out. And that was kind of our game plan. And, and like I said, covering that distance, it took us, same thing, a bit longer than we expected to. We didn't even, we didn't even end up getting to where we wanted to. No, um, we barely wanted, even halfway. <laughs> yeah. And it still took us almost over an hour. And yeah. that's rough climbing. Like you said, that's nothing's compact there it all moves underneath you mm -hmm. like when i'm following you up i'm either having to stay like right next to you in case you roll the rock like it's not going to gain momentum right. and take me out or if i if i'm way back like i have to be staggered off to the side in case right. you roll a rock it's not yeah. going to come you know so everything just everything moves and you have nothing to hold on to like no, you can't just reach out something. and grab something <laughs> your hand will just get torn up by mm -hmm. whatever spines thorns or, whatever. or spines yeah it's just not it's it, hard uh, it's hard to explain it's just yeah. not fun walking no, at all it's not it's not and then your feet like it's a lot of you know softball sized rocks so your feet and your ankles are just getting pounded yeah um you know you're always I mean, at the end of these types of hunts, I always, I'm always surprised at how like flexible my ankles are because they've been worked so much when mm -hmm. hiking in and out of this country. You definitely need a boot with a good sole. Yeah, good um, sole, good support. I don't know if you could do it with a tennis shoe type type It'd be boot. Insane if you did. I think, yeah, I I just think the risk of rolling or breaking an ankle is so high. Like mm -hmm. I just, I would not suggest that. Plus, yeah. that's that much of your leg that's exposed to getting yeah. poked and gouged and yeah, ripped. And I mean, I can't imagine if your ankle was exposed, your ankle bone was exposed, how many spines yeah. you'd have drilled into there. That well, just would not be a good idea. And not just that, but having something with like a softer sole, like an outsole. Um, even with my boots, I was getting, you know, spines through them, and yeah. I'd have to stop and pull out these spines and um you know through the sides because i was wearing more of a synthetic mm -hmm. because I, I knew it was going to be hot so i wanted something that was going to breathe i wasn't really worried about being waterproof or anything like that i wanted something with decent support that was going to breathe so i was like well with that you also have to sacrifice some you know some protection and i i can remember several times where i had to take off my boot and pull off prickly pear spines from you know the side of my foot mm -hmm. that had you know punctured through and it is, I mean, if you were to wear a tennis shoe, you would, you would, I mean, your feet would get eaten alive. No, you wouldn't last very long. 
you'd no. be one and done for a day. Yeah, you'd barely, you wouldn't even make it out the flats because, I mean, there's so much cactus that mm-hmm. even even when you're avoiding it, you you just inadver- inadvertently, you know, running into this different cactus because, I mean, with me, a lot of the cactus that I got in my lines was, I don't mind walking through like some mesquite and some of the creosote and some of the other stuff that's at the bottom because the mesquite, I mean, at least the thorns aren't really going to break off and, mm-hmm. into your leg. But there was times that these cactus would grow inside the mesquite and I would brush up against the mesquite and sure enough, my leg's full of these yeah. little, you know, spines around those cactus that I didn't see inside the mesquite. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it just beats you up. Like it's, this is, I mean, it's a great hunt, but it's not for the faint of heart. Like it's, you, you have to prepare to come in here. Um, I grew up in this country. I've, I've spent my whole life in here and it's still like, even for me, it's hard. And, and for a lot of the other guys that come and hunt it a lot, I mean, it's hard to do because it's, I mean, there's a lot of risks, especially if you're by yourself because the heat, even in, I mean, there's times where like we were out here today, it was like 80 degrees, but you're on those yeah. rocks and you just get like burnt. Um, you have a high risk of heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the country's rough. You can very easily break up, break an ankle. Um, I mean, a lot of planning should go into it, especially if you're not familiar with the terrain. Yeah. Because so, you can very easily dive in and not know what you're getting yourself into. Let's just, let's cover a couple of those planning items real quick, and then we can uh, pick back up where you and I are glassing, like after we made our position in the canyon. Yeah. Um, as far as preparation for, like, the heat, the terrain, and stuff like that, um, having everything on your body covered. Yeah. So full cover is huge. So, yeah. so you know... Not just a baseball hat, but like a full hood and a face face, mask or a smog like you had to wrap around something that's super light and breathable, Mm -hmm. but it's going to keep... I mean, you'll get scorched in the first five or six hours of day one, and you'll be done. Like like blistered. It'll be really bad. Same with your hands. I know both of us... The rays are insane out here. Yep. It's definitely magnified. Um, Even the little bit of time that you had your hands exposed, glassing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bright red, Mm -hmm. just like that. So gloves, a light a pair of either lightweight gloves that you don't mind if they get shredded you can throw away or maybe like leather palm yeah that are a little bit tougher whatever you can get even like those mechanics gloves or you know something that's a little rougher and Mm -hmm. stronger or sitka gloves or whatever you need to to grab them and that that'll withstand some of the rocks and and the you know the spines and stuff because I mean, there's a lot of times when we were hiking around with trekking poles you know you'd want gloves because it can you know protect your hands from the trekking gloves and then you can kind of punch through some of that brush yep. and be a bit more protected. But even with that, I mean, there was times where, I, I mean, I think today my knuckle swelled up because I p- tried to punch through you some get brush right and I got a, yeah. a nasty yeah. thorn in it. Um, I think trekking poles are another one. We didn't yes. have those the first day. No. We uh, and we sure. took them later in the trip. And I definitely noticed a difference in our pace and mm-hmm. stability and confidence. Yeah. Um, those are huge. And we don't. Fortunately, we didn't have a load, a huge load Coming to back. carry out. We'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll to that later. But um, yeah, w- I mean, w- at some point we were thinking if we if we dumped the sheep, each of us have more than 100 pounds per pack. Yeah. And walking out without checking poles in this type of terrain and this loose footing would not be smart yeah. with that much. So checking poles would be huge. Yeah. Um, water, how much... I mean, I would carry... For a full day, if you yeah. were going to leave, you know, say you spotted them at 9 in the morning, which is about about the earliest, maybe 8, you could leave. 
I don't even know if you could leave at eight and you're not getting back until after sunset. So mm -hmm. a good 12 hours, 13 hours, how much water are you taking? Um, me personally, I mean, I go through a lot of water, but I'll, I'll take almost a gallon. Like I take a lot of water. Um, there's no water out here. So it's not like you can bring a filter and like, oh, well, nope. I'll just fill up my bottles. Like there is no water out here. Um, you may run into a cattle tank every now and then. And that's just common across New Mexico, especially Southern New Mexico. Um, you can be in the Gila and there may be a spring every few miles, but the only water you're really going to see are like cattle tanks. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing here. Like you'll run into, you know, every now and then there's a wildlife tank, you know, like a, a little drinker. Um, but the majority of it's going to be cattle tanks and where we were like, there's, I mean, there's no cattle tanks. In the yeah. There's nothing up there. So if you're going to be spending your days in, in the rough country, you need to bring your water with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to bring more than you think because you're going to be evaporating a lot of sweat and you're going to be, you know, once you're starting to get in that heat and you're exposing your skin to that sun, I mean, you're going to be going through a lot of water. Um, so you want to make sure that you bring that with you because you're not going to find it out there. And if you yep. don't have enough, yep. I agree. very easily you can start cramping. Um, my, like myself, I, I cramp, I wouldn't say easily, but I, I go through a lot of water and if I don't have enough water, I, I, I start cramping pretty yeah. quickly. Um, well, and I think if you're, if you're planning, most people are going to plan, extend it, hunt down here five, six, seven days would probably yeah. be the ideal way to do it. If day one or two, you get dehydrated. Now you're playing catch up yep. for the rest of the time. And so before you come down fully hydrating, mm -hmm. you know, two or three days ahead yeah, of look time up a process to, to where you can fully, cause there's, I mean, there's a legitimate process of really hydrating yep. your body. Yep. You should try to do that ahead of time. So that way, when you come down, you're in the best condition that you can right. be in. Um, in the morning while you're glassing, like have your coffee, water, have yeah. your hot chocolate, whatever. Um, but you're taking a lot of water. And I mean, I got to the point where I know I wasn't thirsty, and but I knew what it's going to feel like at three o'clock in the mm -hmm. afternoon or four o'clock when we're walking out. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not thirsty right now. And like, I feel full, but I'm chugging water anyway, yeah. just to stay ahead of it and not get caught behind. Yeah. And on those hikes, I mean, I sweat a lot. So I, like I said, I go through a lot more water than some people, but my hat was drenched, like dripping and sweat. Oh, I saw like, that too. Yeah. yeah just like dripping full sweat. of, yep. um, you know, my smog was soaked. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a hot day, like, especially coming from Colorado where you're, you know, 40, 50 degrees and you could dive down here and it's twice the temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's hot and then it only gets hotter once you get into those rocks. Once you start diving down in those rocks, it, I mean, it reflects on you and th those rocks soak up that heat. It mm -hmm. just, I mean, it like bakes you. I mean, you're, you're getting it from all sides. So yep. that was, that was another thing is that once you start diving in there, you, you don't have any protection. There's no trees. There's nothing big enough to where you can hide underneath. Um, usually where you're going to find these barbary sheep, it's, it's pretty open country and it's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Um, the only cover is like the cliffs. Like if you can get into the cliffs on the yeah. north and side. And that depends on the time of day. Yeah. If the sun's directly above, there's no, there's, there's zero there's no cover. Yeah. yeah. We talked about Brami bringing like a super tarp, a mm -hmm. really lightweight tarp, like Kafaru makes them, stuff yeah. like that. We've already got trekking poles. Um, that would be great for glassing underneath. Mm -hmm. It's lightweight, so it's not a weight penalty. Right. But you could also use it while you're, you know, deboning a sheep yeah, to kind of protect you so you're not doing it in the, you know, in the yeah. sun. And that actually, I mean, that would have been ideal for us, like, when we would hike back in there because we very easily could have posted up that you tarp. You just pop that up. Yeah, because I was sitting there with my schmog and, I mean, 
you had your your hood like that lightweight hoodie and the, the yep. mask on but you're still getting pounded by the sun so it's, it'd be nice to put that tarp up and actually let some wind come underneath and, and let that wind kind of hit your skin rather than covering it up with with clothing um so a tarp would be i mean that would be that's one thing that i think the next time i come down i'm gonna try to bring a tarp so yep i agree um so let's maybe oh boy we're almost 15 minutes in these so we're gonna do two podcasts for sure on this <laughs> one because we're only like yeah we're halfway through really halfway anything. through day two um and we got a lot to cover but let's maybe let's just wrap up this podcast um and this will even take a while to wrap it up but let's finish up day one because there's a ton of stuff that happened and a lot that we learned that or would, day two i'm sorry day two yeah so saturday yeah um so We'd started off at the head of this canyon, glassing mm -hmm. two rams, make their way from west to east. They disappear, yep. and we decided to make a move to be in a better position so that if we do see these rams again, at that point, we can reposition again. Right, to we get can on actually them. make a move yeah. on them. Yeah. Um, so, you, so we finally got up there an hour later. So it's, what time is it now? Two o'clock? Yeah, it's about, yeah, it is somewhere in there two o'clock and um and you're trying to find these rams again right yeah so i had glassed um and i'd actually glassed the, the entire canyon basically i'd scanned through um glassed where the rams might have come through and uh in the heat of the day just being tired i was like all right well like i'm gonna take a nap <laughs> i can't <laughs> i'm pretty tired um, I felt like Forrest Gump, like, eh, I think I'll go home now. <laughs> like I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was ready for a nap. So so I uh, I get my smog and I cover my face and lay down and cover what I can. And I think I was only asleep for, what, like 10 minutes? Yeah, not long. And uh, Garrett wakes me up. He's like, hey, I, I think I see him. And uh, he's like, yeah, I do. And then he, I think he told me there's like 20 of them. And so, of course, I pop up because this is the only other sheep that we've seen the whole time. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Sure enough, um, well, I'll let you tell the story because you want to saw them. You had glass that area. Yeah, like I just glass and I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, and then you sat down and I'm like, I'm bored and I didn't want to take pictures at that point. And uh, or I'd taken some pictures of you, I think, sleeping. And then I'm like, <laughs> I might as well just glass and just <laughs> and um, I was glassing where those sheep were, which is way off to the right. And I at one point I heard like this, like a it sounded like a rock crack. Mm -hmm and but it was so disorientating in that canyon yeah because it bounces off the walls i like where in the heck is that coming from i didn't think much about it much um much of it at that point three or four minutes later i hear it again but i could pinpoint it i'm like it's coming from way over on the left which you had glassed previously yeah and at first i thought well maybe there's like someone walking up there because i know you had said that people can get up on top and that yeah. maybe they had like rolled a rock down and it felt like it sounded like rock had cracked but i did remember you saying sometimes you can hear the sheep roll rocks yeah and that's where you that's why you know where they're at and sure enough i just swung my binos over there almost freehand and like right there 20 sheep you know <laughs> less than a half mile away yeah. uh, and they must have been on what would have been around the corner to the left when mm -hmm. you had glassed by the time that you had stopped glassing had laid down they had finally worked around that point and now they were visible yeah they were and right they're there. like literally right there yeah and yeah all 20 of them or 25 whatever it was yeah and the 
I mean, the hard part was that we were wide in the wide open because, I mean, there's nothing to hide behind anyway, but we were sitting just on the north side of this boulder and they happened to come on the north side of the canyon and there was no cover. There's nothing, I mean, and they had, I mean, they had us spot on. Like, And there's no roll in the train or there's no, no feature that we, that we, yeah, I mean, as clean as day, we were just, eh, there, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> So we look at them, and um, I think just the little movement of me. So I pulled the binos out of my bino harness, saw them. I was like, oh, well, I wanted to get a better view. So I grabbed my tripod and just, and it wasn't an abrupt movement. It was slow. I, you know, kind of opened up my tripod and, and set it up and put my binos on it. And we're on not it. skylined. We're like, no, we're, up, we're, we're in front of We're the on boulder. the ground, yeah. literally. And uh, the few moments that it took me to, to put my binos on that tripod, they had bunched up, which is just like their defensive position. They all kind of bunched together, and then they started working back out of the canyon. Yeah. So they had turned around. Initially, they were working east, and by the time that I had glassed them free-handed, saw them kind of feeding, and then put my binos on the tripod, they were already bunched up and headed back out of the canyon. Mm -hmm. Like, they had obviously seen our movement, and they were yeah. like, yeah, no. We're yeah, I remember this. asking you, so I didn't have my ca I, my camera was off to the side doing a time lapse of the clouds and I I was I don't know 15 feet from I, and I remember asking you can I get to my camera like none of this is on film at this point so right, right. you're gonna watch the episode or the film sorry but there's gonna be a whole <laughs> there's a whole segment missing of us like identifying these sheep because I couldn't get to my camera and I yeah. remember you s saying um, he's like don't move don't move they're looking right at like one of them had spotted yeah, us there and, was a you that was and she was staring right mm -hmm. at us which is crazy because we knew we both knew exactly where they were we can't see them with our naked eyes no they like, were a ways out they and she has spotted us and pinpointed us and didn't li like that's mm -hmm. so crazy how good their eyesight is yeah and like they were we can see like with our naked eye we can kind of see them like the colors and kind of move a little bit, but like identifying like a specific, like single no, one, like no, we weren't able close. to see any details or anything. Yeah. And, uh, cause I remember seeing when I was hand holding my binos, a you was looking at us. And I think that was when I was like, yeah, don't like, don't move. She's kind of looking down. And then she had kind of looked back to the West and was kind of looking straight. And that's when I, I think that's when I decided I was like, all right, well, I'm going to drive my, grab my tripod real quick and set it up. And she must have just looked right back at us and and then busted us. And, yeah. and like I said, my tripod was right next to me. It's not like I walked around anywhere to grab it. It was like right next to me. And just that little bit of movement was all yep. that it took. And you wanted to close the distance. You wanted to get closer and yeah. you could. So you could have gotten quite a bit closer, almost two, 300 yards we closer. The, yeah, we had the And you'd still have a, a, an, enough of an angle to make the shot at it. Yeah. But to get 200 300 yard, two to 300 yards is just wide open. Yeah. I mean, it would be very yeah. visible what and we were doing. And they started moving pretty quick out mm -hmm. of the canyon. And it was a distance where I've, I've practiced out like a lot. Um, I mean, I've done it like out in, out in the prairies and at some elevation at different different places and here in Colorado and New Mexico and I felt comfortable at the range it wasn't my like that's not where like I want to take the shot at this distance that yeah. wasn't like my cap it was a little over but I was like well this like the way things have been going I was like I, I might just you know take the shot and and I, I know my rifle's capabilities I know my capabilities like I feel very confident in my shots I was like well like I can make this shot and it's like if that's all we got basically. Yeah. And that's kind of how it turned out. Cause I had wanted, like, like I said, I wanted to close, you know, a bit closer. Um, 
just to get a much higher percentage shot to where I felt, you know, way more confident. Um, especially in this type of situation where, you know, they're kind of moving and mm -hmm. we're at a, a pretty good incline to, you know, to shoot up at them. Um, but it just didn't work out that way because they were, they were moving and kind of bunching up and we got to the point to where they had started moving out of the cannon and we just kind of grabbed our stuff and got ready. We we're like, all right, well, they're moving anyway. So yeah. I think I jumped up, grabbed the rifle, got the rifle ready, grabbed my pack. And at the same time, you grabbed your camera and got everything kind of set up. Yeah, it was a Chinese fire drill for <laughs> about 30 seconds right I think there. I, yeah, to I think get I ran like 20 or 30 yards closer to yeah. a clear spot to where yeah. I can actually... But you were able to get prone. <clears throat> you were able to get your gun laid across the pack. Yeah. I mean, as about as sturdy, stable as a position yeah. as you're going to find. And I remember find. telling you, I was like, I'm not going to take the shot unless I get steady. Yeah. Like, I remember telling you, I was like, if I if I can get steady, like then I'll, then I'll take the, stock, the shot. Um, and they had, they were almost skyline cause they had almost worked all the way up, mm -hmm. like onto the edge of the cliffs. And, uh, I had one sitting there broadside and found it, you know, found it in my scope and racked around. And I remember you saying like, yeah, I'm recording. And I remember racking around and sitting there behind my rifle and I couldn't get comfortable for a second. I, I think I laid behind the scope, just couldn't get my natural point of aim right. Backed out, repositioned, laid out my body. Um, and you had, you got a solid range. Yeah, I, and I range it remember times. seeing you take your phone out and you're checking. Yeah, I tracked my drop chart. Um, so I, I pulled out the phone, pulled up my app, um, checked the drop chart, verified it, dialed it. Um, I think one thing that that I overthought was because the last time I shot down here in New Mexico, I, I remember my shots were hitting a little low. Um, and that was at, I mean, a slightly different elevation um, further further west um but i was like well like i'm gonna i'm gonna add a little more on my elevation because i want to make sure that that um it's gonna compensate mm -hmm. for what i think it's gonna yeah. do um i mean of course i completely forgot about you know the fact that i'm shooting uphill which helps your your elevation so that tends to make you shoot higher anyway um and then we had a pretty the wind wasn't bad. It wasn't left to right, but it was blowing right at our back straight towards them. And we were far enough. I don't think they smelled us. Um, but one thing that we noticed, especially when that storm was there the night before, is that these this wind hits the cliffs and it goes straight up. Yeah. There's um, a pretty good updraft. Yeah, there's a really good updraft because it'll hit it and it just carries it up. And um, I think those two combined, I ended up getting, you know, I laid down, got a good natural point of my aim, rested behind the rifle. It felt good, steady. Cracked a shot off, and sure enough, high. <laughs> and it was actually high right, um, quite a bit high, higher than I than I intended, mm -hmm. of course. Um, and I think part of that was I, I think it could have been several factors. I felt good behind the shot; I wasn't too antsy because we were laying down for a while. I remember you being very, just very calm. Yeah, like. I've been in situations where I'm trying to like, like, like we knew that these sheep were going to disappear, right? Yeah, so this there's is a, our, our one chance. There's a sense yeah. of urgency that this has to happen now and it has to happen fairly quickly or it's not going to happen. Yeah. Dude, I've been in those situations and I'm just a freaking panic yeah, ball. Yeah, it can, it can <laughs> turn into so a mess I, real I just, quick. I still remember watching you like out of the corner of my eye, you know, trying to run two cameras being, just seeing you like, okay, check my phone again. Yep, that's right. Like, recheck my dial like yeah. you went through your procedure and you're not like panicking no. or your your hands not shaking or freaking out like seems like very calm which yeah and i think <laughs> that's what where it got to where i like overthought it 
I was like, well, like this, this, okay, that looks good. And I was thinking about everything. I was kind of going through my progression in my mind. Um, I'm very, I'm like, like I told you before, like when we were hiking down, it's not to be like arrogant or cocky, but I, I'm very familiar with firearms. I, I used to train, you know, police officers with firearms. So I was mm-hmm. very confident in my shot process. Um, so I was like, all right, well, this is what I need. I'm going to do that, do that, do that, do that. And I think overthought it and I, and I completely didn't think about the elevation. I didn't think about the off-draft. Um, and I think those two, um, in addition to another factor that we'll probably hit on in the next podcast, but, um, uh, took the shot and it was just, it was, it was pretty, pretty high. And luckily, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even get close to hitting yeah. it. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was a good distance high and, uh, they all took off and it sounded like I hit rock. Um, and sure enough, when we look back at the film, it, it smacked the rock right yeah. above this, this sheep. When you first shot... <clears throat> We didn't, we hadn't watched film at no. that point. Um, we thought we'd have to go up there and verify. <laughs> we're like, this is going to be like, long day. This is not going to be fun. <laughs> like, I, I would be cool going up there to retrieve a sheep. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is. It's another thing to yeah. chase a sheep all but over it's, Kingdom it, Come. It's three quarters of a mile to the right, mm-hmm. three quarters of a mile back to left, because there's no way to get directly from us to the sheep. There's, no. we'd have to go what's that cliff? cliff? Yeah. 200? 300 yeah it was maybe and maybe not that high there's no way to get yeah so you're walking all the way around so not only are you going laterally a mile and a half you have to gain another couple hundred feet yeah. at least and maybe 500 feet walk that block yeah. all the way back and who knows <laughs> it's steep yeah. like it's sketchy <laughs> and i'm just thinking oh man good lord we're gonna do this just yeah. to verify that if, you if missed hit, yeah and I'm thinking at this point we're walking back on some of the sketchy stuff in the dark. Right. And right. I wasn't real thrilled with life. <laughs> You're at like that I'm point. never coming <laughs> yeah. on another hunt with Saki again. Yeah. But that was such an <laughs> that was such an eye-opening experience of what is doable and what isn't, and yeah. it really makes you think through the process in future hunts about whether or not you even. You know, want to take that shot yeah, yeah even go after a sheep and we figured that out later in the hunt like it does not pay to even no, approach to even. it because if you shoot it there and, and anchor it you will never retreat you will literally never retrieve that animal and will completely go to waste yep. so what's the point of doing it anyway exactly that i mean i mean that's cool like that type of feature and terrain i mean that's cool like i like it i yeah. have huge appreciation for it but it's a huge eye-opener at the same time of well we're not messing around out here like there's some serious stuff that yeah, you can get in trouble you, with yeah you can get yourself caught in some stuff and i mean like we said at the beginning you need to know what you're diving into um it's like a, i mean it's not for the faint of heart if you no, if you go no. in there and you you shoot a sheep in one of these areas and you don't know how to get out and you don't know how to traverse the country and you don't know what to expect it's going to be it can be bad yeah um and i'm by no means an expert like i'm not an expert survival expert i i mean i don't claim to be but i mean that was when we took the shot i felt confident getting to it i felt confident that we were basically going to gut it hang it cover it up come back in the morning um, so that way we were hiking out of there with light packs. Um, and I mean, some of these guys can, can get in some bad areas and, uh, it's not uncommon, I think for, for people to come out here, whether they're hunting or they're mountain biking or just hiking in some of this area, mm-hmm. they'll get in some shady situations where they need to, you know, they need to get rescued or they need to get help because yeah. 
that would be a real situation. Yeah, they yeah. get stuck in some terrain where they climb up and then they can't get back down or they go somewhere and they run out of water and they get heat exhaustion or like there's all kinds of, you get bit by a rattlesnake. I mean, <laughs> we were talking no, about the camp when we first got here. And they're like, oh, well, you guys just missed it. We just saw a, uh, a rattlesnake that was six and a half feet long and four inches in diameter. Yeah. Like it's and he'd seen like seven of them <laughs> that day. I'm thinking, yeah. frick, man, I'm <laughs> turning around and going home tomorrow. <laughs> like it is. I mean, there's everything out here is just out to get you. Um, we were talking like with my family that <laughs> those tarantula wasps. Yeah. My yeah. dad had just watched a tarantula wasp uh, sting a tarantula, waited till it passed out and drug it to its den. I mean, which th they say that tarantula wasp is like one of the most painful stings that you can ever get. And it's, like I said, that's just the terrain out here. It's it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only that, but we're we're not far from the Mexico border. Like, you, you I mean, there's yeah, a lot of stuff that you're going to run yeah. into. Yep. There's a yep. lot of stuff. And a lot of these Barbary units, some of these, you know, just southern New Mexico period. Yeah. Um, that is a risk. I mean, that's something that you got to consider. Um, same thing like you're hunting, you know, coos deer in southern Arizona or some of these other places. You start getting close to the border. I mean, the risk goes up. Yep. Yep. You're not the only one out in the, you're not the only one out in the mountains. That all leads to the adventure, though. Yeah. And I will, and as much as it's, it's a smart idea, I think, to have a healthy appreciation for it, um, to be aware of your abilities and some of the risks involved, but. I mean, to get up there and, and experience it, though, mm -hmm. I mean, that I mean that's so cool. Like, yeah, as much as, right. like, there's a lot of things I don't like about it, but <laughs> to experience it and just yeah. kind of know your limits, like, dude, this is such a cool place to hang out and, mm -hmm. and to, to, you know, basically spend hours in yeah. and get and to experience. And it is. It's pretty unique to, like, to the New Mexico desert, like the Chihuahuan desert. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have the Sonoran Desert, which is, you know, Southern Cal and in Arizona and and parts of New Mexico, but in this Chihuahuan Desert, it's just it's not any like worse than some of the other ones, or you know how it is in Texas, because Texas has some rough country and has you know cactus and everything mm -hmm. else too. Um, each of them have their own you know set of circumstances that make them rough. Um, but like I said, you have to have an appreciation for all of it. And it does. It does lead to the excitement. I mean, it's fun. It's, oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a huge sense of adventure. Yeah, to come it's, out here. it's a type of hunt that you're not going to experience anywhere else in the States. Um, I mean, it's like this country, this terrain, um, it's it's pretty unique. So in this type of hunt, it's it's something that you can go and have a great time. It's not to, It's not like I'm trying to convince you guys, like anybody, not to go. Like, don't mm -hmm. do this. It's too dangerous. Not at all. Um just be, just be aware. Just have a realistic expectations exactly. of what could happen and then yeah. understand your own limitations. Yeah, going understand into what could yeah. happen and, I mean, go out there and be prepared and enjoy it. I mm -hmm. mean, it's a great time. You, I mean, if you work your tail off, you're, you'll see sheep and you'll get some chances and um, you can definitely make it happen. I mean, there's there's some great sheep here in southern New Mexico, whether you decide to do a draw hunt or the over-the-counter. And, um, and that's, you know, another thing that if you like I said, if you put in for that draw hunt and you draw that, you know, the, the February hunt, you can get in some fantastic sheep country yeah. and you can have a legitimate chance at a, a, a trophy sheep. Like it's a great time. And then if you decide to just do the over the counter, you can just drive down and pick an over the counter tag. Um, but yeah, and just be aware of your limitations and what you are, what you're looking for specifically. Um, cause there's different areas that you can hit that, you know, some areas are less rough than others and they still have sheep. They may not have the numbers, mm -hmm. um, but you can find sheep in a lot of these different units 
down here in New Mexico. And I mean, you can get into them and you can have a great hunt and you can kind of take it at your level. I mean, depending on what you want to do and how far you want to dive into sure, it. Sure. Sure. But yeah, just keep that in mind. And I mean, it's, it's funny because I brought the bow out here and, uh, coming out here, I was like, yeah, I was like, well, yeah, it's, a, it's a, any weapon. Tag, it's an, any, right. yeah, any legal sporting arms. So it can be a rifle. It can be your bow. It can be a muzzle loader, whatever you want to use. Um, well, not whatever. There's still limitations, yeah. <laughs> but you, you have to look at the proclamation. But I brought the bow, um, thinking that yeah, well, maybe if we're seeing enough numbers and if we're seeing them some some good mm-hmm. spots, I can you mm-hmm. know I'll put a couple stocks on with the bow. Um, after the first day and a half, I was like, yeah, the <laughs> bow stained. Yeah, that got left like, behind real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just the weight of carrying it up and down, because I mean, when you have a bow and a rifle strapped to your back, it, I mean, it gets pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so, the the first. The first day I carried it around, um, after we lost a full day that, that morning, when we decided to take that long trek, I was like, I'm not going to carry both. Like, it's, it's heavy. Was like, and based off of the fact that we had glassed an area, didn't really see anything before we decided to dive in there. I was like, well, I want, I want the highest odds. Like, I want my best chance to tag a sheep. So, grabbed the rifle and dove down in there. And even with that, it was still... I mean, it's a, it's a, yep. it's so hard to get it's close. It's an extended range game or game. Like if you really want high odds of, you know, notching your tag on, on these types of hunts, I mean, you need to be very proficient with your, with your rifle and know it and, and, and verify your rifle whenever you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tag, so we were able to verify that we didn't hit that sheep. That's yep. one of the nice bonuses of lugging around a eight pound camera whatever the heck it yeah, weighs that was a but we could nice we could we could watch back and verify that um, it was a clean miss and yeah. so we didn't have to go up to that place yeah, and that was nice walk back in the dark uh so we uh we just kind of gathered ourselves packed up our stuff um we knew there was no more play in no. that canyon i mean whatever shot you um the shot that you took I mean, pretty much cleared everything out of that canyon yeah. at that point. So we decided to walk back, but you thought that because of the way that the sheep had peeled around the point that they originally came on, um, now they're facing to the east on this huge cliff. Yeah. And so you thought maybe on the way back to the truck, we, well, let's just stop and glass a few times. Maybe they're just hanging out in the cliffs. Right. Um, so on our way back, um, I don't know, an hour into the walk, once yeah. we got on the flats, you glass again and sure enough yeah they, they there were. they were <laughs> yeah they had moved i mean they had moved a, a good distance they had traversed yeah. a couple you know big you know chasms yeah. and yeah. some cliffs and they had covered they'd basically put themselves in an inaccessible spot like you know where their safety spot is and they had gone mm-hmm. straight to it um and they were they were no longer like moving they were just feeding i mean everything was hunky-dory they had covered all that distance yeah. they got to where they wanted to get and I mean, there's a reason why they've been there for. Yep. I mean, that's their sanctuary. Yeah, they that's got their there safe and they're just hanging out. Like, yeah. There was nothing to worry them. So yeah, thankfully we we were able to lay, lay eyes on them again, and we had a starting point for the next night or the next day. So yep. Yep. It was nice. So we rolled into um, this would be Sunday would be the next day, right? Yep. Sunday. Day three, um, we drove out there, and we found them again. But I think we're going to end the podcast there because yeah, it's getting pretty long. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't intentional, but we are an hour and 15 minutes into it. So I think we're going to pause there. And uh, there's a ton more 
Yeah, we in the next more two days. We've got at least another hour and a half, maybe two hours. We might have a two-parter <laughs> right. to go to the, to to conclude this hunt. But um, yeah, we're gonna end it there. So thanks f- good. for listening. We'll pick up on the next one. Yeah, I'll catch you guys later.